Welcome to Coffee Talk from the Ground Up, an ECS podcast, where we strive to provide a more personable way to communicate with employees. I'm Steve Goslin, but you can call me Goose, and I'm part of our senior leadership team, and I'm joined here by Julie Smith, who is part of the marketing communications team and our resident Chocoholic. Say hi, Julie. Thanks, Steve. Hey, everyone. I'm glad you're joining us today. So, Steve, what are we doing here? Great question, Julie. One of the struggles with a company our size is getting a message to the masses without it being diluted along the way. From projects and people to services and career insight, we hope this podcast helps provide an avenue to communicate the stories that are worth sharing. It's to learn about our culture and feel more connected and to have some fun along the way. So what you're saying is, we hope this podcast is educational, entertaining, and encouraging. With practical advice, you can apply directly to your work and life. Well said, Julie, and that's why you're in marketing. (laughs) So grab a cup and settle in. Our attorney makes us say this. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. Nothing herein shall be construed as providing professional engineering services or used to establish the standard of care. This podcast and the comments contained therein represent only the personal views of the participants and do not reflect those of ECS. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Good morning, everyone. This is Coffee Talk, and today we've got a couple of esteemed guests. We've got Eric Freeberg, who's in our Nashville office, and Jillian Benedetto, who's actually in our Cleveland, Ohio office. As we always do, we'll start the day with a safety minute, and today's safety minute is about hydration. The days are getting cooler. We're still out working hard, and we're perspiring but not like we do in the summer, in June, July, and August, when we're it's hot and we're sweating and uh, we're out in the sun and, and we're really exerting ourselves, we know that it's important to drink water. As uh, we get into the fall and especially the winter, we don't notice it as much, especially because it's cooler and we're bundled up and all the clothes that we have absorb our perspiration. But right now, it's really more important to hydrate or just as important as it is in the summer because you don't warm up quite as much. You don't stretch. You know, one of the things we're really focused on is soft tissue injuries. And so if you're dehydrated, it's easier to pull a muscle, to strain, to hurt a joint or things like that. So make sure that you continue your good hydration practices especially in the fall and the winter. And just remember, a hydrated body is a happy body. All right. This morning, I'm going to introduce Eric. Eric is a subsidiary manager for ECS Southeast, and he resides in our Nashville, Tennessee office. He joined ECS a little over 10 years ago. When he's not working, uh, you can find Eric spending time with his wife of almost 15 years, Crystal, and his 10-year-old son, Cale, and 8-year-old daughter, Sloan. Eric and his family love to be outside. They love the outdoors and especially love to uh, mountain bike, kayak, go hiking, camping, anything they can do to enjoy the beautiful uh, countryside in Tennessee. So, Eric, I'll ask you your uh, five rapid-fire questions. So, you ready? Hit me. All right. What's your favorite food? Yeah, that's impossible to answer without context. I, I uh, the 
food depends on what mood you're in. But I'll tell you, my favorite dessert was the chocolate souffle at the Snake River Grill in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I could eat that, I think, at every meal of the day. It'd be 400 pounds, but I would be happy. No kidding. Yeah, I, that's a great restaurant. I can't believe that. That's cool. Last book you read. Last non-work-related book that I read was the uh, biography of Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. It was great. A lot of great lessons there from uh, him in terms of how to be a good leader, but also uh, some lessons of not what not to do as well. All right. Favorite movie? Shawshank Redemption. It's an old one, but uh, I still love it. It's a it's a classic. It's a great, great movie. Love it. I use that all the time in uh, leadership and uh, management training. Favorite hobby? I love mountain biking and skiing. Yeah. Summer and winter sports. Yeah. And uh, what is something most people don't know about you? Yeah, so at this point, I've probably used this one enough times th- throughout my uh, 10 years at ECS, but when I was in college, I uh, performed the uh, double trapeze in the circus at the Florida State Flying High three-ring circus. It was a great, happy time, and uh, learned a lot and loved doing it, but uh, that's a fun fact that most people still don't know. Yeah, that, that's awesome. <laughs> You've told me that story before. It's a great one. If you ever, if y'all ever get a chance to spend one-on-one time with Eric, ask him, uh, ask him about his time in the circus. Okay, Julie, you're up. All right. Well, Jillian joined ECS in August of this year and is the marketing pursuits manager for the Midwest subsidiary, and she's in our Cleveland, Ohio office. As a lifelong learner, Jillian is a marketer who understands the significance of setting goals and embracing evolution, and she credits her family as the inspiration behind her desire to strive for daily improvement. All right, Jillian, are you ready for your rapid-fire questions? I'm ready. All right. What's the last book you read? Red, it's been a while, but listening to Billy Summers on Audible by Stephen King in honor of Halloween, I wanted something full of suspense, and I got it. There you go. I can't do scary. No, not for me. But what's your best vacation spot? I'd say anywhere warm with warm beach water, sunny, light breeze. So as long as it hits those, I'm, I'm good, and I'm there. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm on the same page with you there. Yes. Warm and sunny ocean breeze. Yes. Warm Ah. beach water. (laughs) That's right. That's right. What song would you choose to karaoke? It's important to note that I am no singer at all, but I will always love you. The Whitney Houston version gets me going. And if that comes on, I I might lose it. So I think I, I do very well in a karaoke setting. Yes, yes, that's a, that's a good one. Also, that's very ambitious of you to try to replicate Whitney, but I'll take it. <laughs> what is something that you like to do the old-fashioned way? I love to take notes by hand, and sometimes it can add an extra layer of work going back in and maybe typing or reading through, but I just love it. I, I feel like I remember it more, and it just is, it makes so much sense to me, taking notes by hand. Yeah. Yeah, I also love writing things by hand. Yeah, it definitely helps you remember things better. Okay, and last one, what do you hope never changes? Well, I guess it fits right in with with this coffee talk, but the way my children want to snuggle with me and cuddle with me and kind of get big hugs for me, I know it's going to change, but I hope it never does, so. Yes, awesome. All right, Steve, I'll turn it back over to you. 
All right. Thanks. In this segment, we'll just ask you both, you know, what's your ECS story? So, Eric, you know, tell us a little bit about how you came here, your path along the way, maybe a little bit about how you got into Nashville and some of the things you're doing out there. So just give us a little uh, idea about your story here at ECS. Yeah, sure. I almost have it on autopilot here. I feel like I've told this story so many times over the years, but I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, right after college, going to Florida State, worked for a uh, smaller local competitor there for the first six years, got my uh, engineering license and had been doing work at that company. Had great experience, learned from some great engineers and was mentored and had an opportunity to learn a lot there, but felt like my career opportunities had kind of peaked. And in the meantime, I had uh, been working on a, on a project. It was a forensic engineering project for uh, Sterling Elementary School right off of South Boulevard there in South Charlotte and uh, met a couple of the ECS folks while we were working on that, going through that legal process. And so the company I was was working for had been hired by the school system for CMS and ECS had been hired by the attorney for the contractor. And we essentially sat across the table and we did uh, comparative data. I, I came up with my uh, recommendations and Paul Blake, who was sitting on the other side with Steve Meese, came up with their recommendations and we essentially sat across the table, called each other some names. You know, I thought they were wrong and they told me why they thought I was wrong. And when it all, the dust settled, I remember Paul Blake called me up and he said, I think you should come work at ECS. I had that conversation with him. He kind of spelled out a plan for what my uh, what my career could look like at ECS, and I was here a couple months later. So that was March of 2011, so it's been about 10 and a half years at this point. Came over as a project manager and uh, had an opportunity to and continue to work with some incredible uh, men and women that have been, been huge influences on my professional development. So, Steve, you were certainly one of those men. So appreciate everything, uh, all the time I've had to work with you, but came over to project manager, worked, worked in that role for a couple of years and then uh, got an opportunity to move into the uh, geotechnical department manager role. I think when I started there, we had about five people in that group. And then uh, through good fortune and great people, we were able to grow from five to about 25 people over the next three to four years in, in the geotechnical group. And then as uh, Paul Blake, who was the acting branch manager in Charlotte, had an opportunity to move up, he tapped me on the shoulder and asked me to step into the branch manager role for Charlotte, which I did for several years. And then the next thing I knew, as I started kind of looking around and looking for what was going to be next for me and where I could continue to grow and help people around me, met with Steve and had an opportunity to come out here to to Nashville, Tennessee, the beautiful music city, serve as a uh, regional manager here covering what we what we call refer to as our western region of the southeast. And so I came here in January of 2019 and have been spending the last almost three years getting settled in and learning the market out here. And so I've continued to uh, work with amazing people and I'm always excited about uh, what tomorrow is going to look like here. But it's it's definitely been an adventure. It's been a wonderful 10 years. Awesome. That's great. So, yeah, I, I uh, threw Eric a curveball a few years ago. He and I had many conversations along the time, and he was always good about asking what's next for him. And we'd had one of those conversations I got thinking about reorganizing the Southeast. And so I sat down with him and said, you know, uh, I'm going to offer you a, a position to be a regional manager. And he got all excited. And I said, yeah, but it comes with a caveat. You're going to have to move to Nashville. And you know, he thought a minute. He said, okay, I'll talk to Crystal, and, and I'll get back to you. 
And uh, I think a big part about what we're talking about today is work-life balance, support at home, taking care of your family, making decisions along the way. Tell us a little bit about the decision-making process and then how it's worked out, not only with your family, but with your extended family, too, because this is really a great story, and I think it's important that everybody hears how all this has worked out for you and your family. Yeah, sure. Certainly, that was a a hard conversation. Uh, I won't get into the details of how I broke it to my wife when we first started that that conversation, but I can just say that I should not have chosen a public place to do that. It was definitely a conversation. It was uh, it was it was give and receive. We talked about it. It, We'd been in Charlotte for 14 years and had built a great friend network there, both personal and professional. Had had two of my cousins had moved from South Florida to be up there in Charlotte nearby. Our kids and all their friends, they both of them were born and raised in Charlotte. So it was, it was a difficult decision to move, but we felt like the opportunity was right. Our kids were at an age at that point where it wasn't going to be as disruptive as, as if they had been a little bit older in middle school and high school and really entrenched in their school and activities. We made, made the decision to, to come to Nashville, not knowing really what was going to be in store for us, but trusting that we were making the right choice. And so we came out here and started getting plugged in and uh, building a new network, you know, going out and doing industry events and meeting people out here. In the meantime, we were able to convince our family or my family, really, my, my brother and his family moved from California and my, my dad moved up here from the Florida Keys. And it's the first time in, since I was in high school that our family has all been together in the, in one, in one, not just one state, but one city. And so, Took a little bit of time, something we had uh, been hoping for and wanting for to have family close for for many years. But after all that time, we've got everybody here, and it's been an amazing experience. And there's nothing like having family close by. There you go. Yeah, great. That that is a great story, and uh, I hope it's a tribute to you and Crystal and your family for uh, making all this work. And the one thing our listeners need to know, as well as is uh, Crystal is a PE. She's a professional engineer and uh, formerly worked with uh, actually one of our better clients here in the Carolinas, W.K. Dixon. So uh, great story, Eric. I really appreciate you sharing that with all of us. Absolutely. All right, Julie, you're up. Yeah. All right, Julian. So you've only been with ECS for a short little while compared to Eric, but I'd love to hear kind of how you got here, a little bit of your background and what you're up to. So, you know, your version of your ECS story. Well, um, I'm originally from Boston. I'm not from the, the Cleveland area. This month actually marks my six years being in Cleveland. And I, I came here actually for love when my now husband in, proposed to me. We became engaged. We decided someone had to move somewhere. So I actually took the shot and, and came out west, I guess I'd say. For the bulk of the time I've been here, I was doing marketing at an architectural firm. When I was pregnant with my now six-month-old baby, The branch manager here and my husband are actually pretty good friends, and he suggested that I apply for the marketing manager position. And I did it because I was pregnant. And so after I had the baby, the position was still open. And I believe that they'd interviewed a few people, but just didn't really find a good fit. So I applied and was really interested in the position. And after meeting with the marketing team via Teams, It felt good. So I had a series of interviews with the team and and each time we'd meet it, it was just like, wow, I I like these people. I think this is meant for me. But, you know, you don't want to get too attached in in the interview stage. And eventually I met with Chris Lopez, our subsidiary president, and was offered the job. And 
here I am a few months later. And it feels really good. It, it almost feels like I've been here for a lot longer than that, but in a good way because the comfort's there. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I'm biased because I am part of the marketing team. So, of course, you thought we were awesome because we are. But <laughs> I definitely feel like we have that sense of family and camaraderie. And so I'm glad that you, you know, you feel that even even though it's through teams and through other ways, but, you know, glad that you have that experience. Okay, so you mentioned that you were pregnant and you have a now six-month-old. You also have another child. I How have a two-year-old. She's actually um, 26 months, so she just turned two a little while ago. And I have Sasha and I have Sophia. So it's pretty interesting with two small girls. It's a lot of fun. I'll say that. Yes. Yes. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, uh, I'll jump back in. We'll jump in a little bit about work-life balance, family, parenting, how y'all make it look easy. So, Eric, just tell us a little bit about your, you know, your kids, your family situation. You know, how old are your kids? I think they're in school. You know what they're doing and how you do your best to uh, balance what's going on at work, all the travel you do and taking care of things or helping take care of things at home along with Crystal. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so C- Crystal and I, uh, she is an engineer, and we, we met in college in uh, Calculus 3, the uh, most romantic class in school, so I'll <laughs> throw that in there. But, yeah, we, uh, we've been married 15 years. We have our son, Kale, is 10, and our daughter, Sloan, is 8. And so uh, Kale's in fourth grade, Sloan's in third grade, so they're, they're really close together in school. They are Great friends out of school too, although neither of them would actually admit that. But yeah, we, uh, we, we've got a lot of happy times at the house. As you said in the introduction, we do a lot of stuff outside together. That's a big uh, source of joy for us. You know, just a big part of our, our family life at home. But I mean, one of the things just in terms of, I definitely have been traveling a lot more over the past uh, three years, more than I ever did when I was situated in Charlotte. So part of my time with them is just, is just making sure that when I'm in town, that I'm, I'm home for dinner every night. I really, I really try to make that a priority. I try to be at all the kids' practices, make sure that I'm in, involved with, with, uh, when, when I'm here, I make sure that I'm, that I am here. Try not to work late, do too many nighttime events, although sometimes that can't be avoided, but I make sure that I'm, I'm home for dinner every night so that we can sit down, we can eat a meal together, we can talk about the day, figure out what we, you know, what we're, you know, just work on homework do that time. And then if I need to fire up the computer later in the evening, then I'll fire that up. And so that's, that's kind of the balance that I strike. Certainly when I'm traveling and I'm out of town, I make sure that I FaceTime or at least talk to them. I try to call them on the, when they're driving into school and I can catch all three of them in the car at the same time. And when they're, and I know when they're coming home and Crystal's picking them up from school, make sure that I, uh, that I try to get them on the phone there. I'd be lying if I didn't say what a huge support Crystal is and how much she does. The truth is I wouldn't be able to do everything that I do if it wasn't for her in the, in the extremely active role that she takes and help them take care of our kids. And so having her support is the big, most important thing for me. Yeah, I have no doubt about that for sure. And kids, you know, I'd say most kids, if not all kids, they're, they're pretty resilient. You know, they can, uh, they can handle a lot of stuff and, uh, and, and get through it okay. But, you know, how do your kids, uh, I mean, do they understand, you know, if you're gone all day at work or maybe gone for a few days? I mean, do they understand what's going on, what you're doing? And, you know, do, do y'all talk about that? I mean, how do you deal with uh, the time you spend away with the kids? Yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely talk about that. And so 
you know, it, it's it's harder, honestly, now that they're that they're older. You know, when when they were little, I could just go away or go to work, and they didn't ask a lot of questions. But now that they're getting older, they'll ask, "Are you going to be there in the morning? Are you going to be gone tomorrow night?" And so having those conversations about what I'm doing and why I'm doing that and why I need to be away can have, especially with Kale, who's who's ten, you know, spending that time with him and letting him have helping him to understand why it is that I'm that I'm leaving and what I'm trying to accomplish. And I think he. He gets the, I won't say he gets the bigger picture yet, but he's asking good questions and he certainly understands that what I'm doing is important and that it's, it's important to me. And so I think that's, that's the biggest thing for him. Yeah. Julie, I'll kick it to you and, uh, let, let you and, uh, Jillian work, uh, th- work through a few of these questions and <laughs> see, see what uh, she has to say. I'm, I'm really curious with the two young girls, uh, that, that this is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Jillian, so what are some ways that you're, I won't say preventing, but uh, maybe easing the feeling of burnout, you know, kind of talk about your work-life balance and what, what do you do to take care of you too? Well, I, I definitely try to make time for fun. I find that if I'm feeling burnt out or really overwhelmed, maybe just kind of getting away, playing with them, laughing with them, that really, really helps. You know, it is it's tricky with them being so young and, and kind of opposite of Eric, maybe not understanding everything, even just in the day to day home routine. So kind of laughing with them, you know, having fun with them. And when I do have to, you know, work at night, I kind of make sure that I put them down and then we, we spend the evening together with my husband so that when I'm getting back on, I'm able to connect. You know, I've, I've had my time with them and I'm kind of done with that. And, and now I can work and <clears throat> Interestingly, my husband is also a geotechnical engineer, as Eric is, so he's often on at night, and sometimes we're kind of on together. And even that is nice, because even though we may not be speaking, we're still spending time together, you know, maybe working on things next to each other. So that's nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, I really value that that quality time, even like you said, it's not not necessarily talking or like doing something, but just being together really can have a positive impact. Okay, what has raising kids taught you that you use in the workplace? A lot of patience. Having two small girls, you need it. Um, you know, any two small children and, and a lot of patience, you know. And I think another thing it has taught me is how to talk their language, right? And, and that even helps here in the workplace, you know, if you have a desired goal, sometimes the delivery really matters. And, and so how you kind of get that out, how you start the, the conversation, how you communicate can really result in in um, a good end goal, you know, if you're going about it the right way. So I try to be very patient and understanding that even if I do talk their talk the first, second or third time, I may not always get it, but eventually it, it does happen and kind of just keeping it going with giving them what they want to hear. With Sasha, for example, she really likes choices. So, you know, putting two things in front of her that are okay with me and letting her choose, she really enjoys that. So I'm kind of learning to just talk her talk, and it's very helpful. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that's a skill we can use with all of the different people that we interact with. And especially for me, with the whole subsidiary, there's so many people in in different locations that I'm dealing with, and and everyone has a different talk, and so kind of being able to use that, it's really helpful, you know, meeting people where they are and and, and talking to them how how they prefer to be talked to is very important. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. 
So, Julian, I've got a question for you. And then get ready, Eric, because you're going to get the same question. But uh, having your own kids, kids don't understand the concept of time. They're always asking you, you know, what's next? When's daddy coming home? When's dinner? When are we going to go here? How long is that going to take? You know, stuff like that. And, you know, you throw out to them 15 minutes, four hours at five o'clock, and they kind of look at you. So how do you explain to your girls the concept of time? Like, how do you break it down to where they understand the length? Well, with with Sasha, I try to talk through things, you know. So if we're doing something else, they will do this for a few minutes. And then after that, we're going to move on to the next task. Interestingly, last night she was just ready for bed and we couldn't go to bed because I had to heat up her little sister Sophia's bottle and she was like so angry she couldn't understand it. So we have a digital clock on the stove and so I showed her that it's at five, you know, as it goes down it gets to zero. That's when we'll be making our way to the bed. And I don't know that she fully grasped it, but I think she kind of respected the fact that I, I gave her a little something to work with. And so I, I try to just be realistic with her. You know, hey, we're we're going to be in the tub for a few more minutes and then we got to get out. And after that, we're going to read a book and two books maximum, you know, kind of give her what she can grasp because she'll try to bring five books out and they'll be the longest books ever, especially on a night when I got to get back to work. So I don't know that she fully understands time the way I'm sure Eric's kids do. But she's getting there and, and giving her a little bit time by time. She, she's getting there. I don't know where we'll be in a few years if she'll actually love the answer, but she's starting to grasp it just a bit. All right. Great answer. All right. Dee, what about you? Uh, how do you deal with kids? How do you explain to them, uh, you know, time, duration and, uh, you know, kind of set expectations for them? Oh, man. Well, I, it's, uh, I think Jillian's kids may be ahead of my kids in that regard. So no, that, I'm just kidding. So, you know, Part of it is, is going through and, and I grew up doing a lot of sports and activities. And so everything's the competition to some extent. And so we use that a lot in our family. We do, we do lots of uh, obstacle course races that sometimes are just made up in the backyard and timing and uh, seeing if we can beat one time over another, you know, but really it's, it's just knowing that there is a certain a finite amount of time to accomplish different tasks. And so Sloan, my eight year old loves to bake. And so if you ask her right now, I think she should be a dentist because she loves pulling teeth, but she says she wants to be a pastry chef. And so we've been watching too much Great British Baking Show. And part of that is a lot of time management, how you, you know, accomplish different tasks, all the things that you've got to get done in a certain amount of time. And she loves the uh, chaos of that show. And I do too. But she, uh, she's been trying to learn to bake. And part of those, you look at the instructions and it says that this, that should take 15 minutes of prep time, 30 minutes of baking time, and your the total time should be 45 minutes. And so trying to get that understanding is that, you know, to measure out all your ingredients, to do all these things, to put those together, it takes a certain amount of time. And if you're going beyond that time, that, you know, there are things that you need to be doing to to improve your efficiency and stuff. So she's eight. So that's limited in what we can talk about that. But it's just making sure, and also just in preparation, so for Kale, our 10-year-old, just trying to get ready in time for school, get ready before he goes to a sporting event, starting to you know that you have all these tasks to accomplish before you get ready to, to go anywhere, and you need to start at this time in order to prepare to be ready to walk outdoor at 830 in the morning. And so they, they actually do do a good job. They don't start as early as I would like to see and start preparing, but they can squish some activities in a short amount of time more than most kids, I think. So Good stuff. I love it. <laughs> so uh, we'll stay with you, Eric. 
So you have any uh, like recommendations for our folks out there, either, you know, either tools or resources or, you know, maybe recommendations to the folks listening, how to, you know, deal with some of the work life balance issues that we all deal with in a working uh, working for a consulting firm and having tight deadlines. I mean, you know, just you, what is there anything you've learned around along the way you can, you can share with our folks? You know, the, the, the biggest thing that, I, that I've learned is just to find your community, you know, whether it's it's friends or neighbors or your church, you know, some sort of uh, community that you can go to uh, find, you know, I think I find it the best resource is talking to someone who's going through the same thing that you're going through. And sometimes sometimes it's as simple as having somebody just to, to bend their ear to kind of have them listen to what you're going through some of the, and hopefully getting some more stories from them on how they've how they've uh, made it through on the back end. Certainly, uh, you know, for, for me, I, I talk to my dad all the time, uh, try to talk through with him uh, some of the ways that he'd, he'd managed, you know, my brother and I as we were growing up. And, you know, he, he's a great resource for me. But but really, I, I talk to my talk to my neighbors. I've got neighbors that are great friends here. Same with the, those back in Charlotte, uh, colleagues that I work with that I talk to as well. So a lot of times, just it's just finding those people who are going through the same season in life that you're going through and and asking for help and not being afraid to ask for it when when you need it and just getting it out there. Great, Jillian. I'll, I'll throw that to you, and then Julie can follow up with a follow up question if she's got some got some more. I'm sure she's. Full of questions. So I guess I would say if you have, you know, family and, and, and friends who are willing to support, taking them up on it, I think sometimes, at least especially in like America, we can be really nuclear, right? And, and it's just me and my husband and my kids. And I know for me in the beginning with my in-laws, I almost didn't want to accept the support that they would give. And maybe I felt that I was doing something wrong. I was, something's inadequate. Something's going wrong here if I kind of need you to come help me out and, and I need you. And with time, I realized that that was a real silly thought in, in that it takes a village mentality is very true. And so being able to let them in, you know, when we need some support and sometimes even when we don't need it and, and they just want to come over and hang out and see them, it, it gives us a break. That's been very, very helpful. And I think if, if you have it, definitely take it. And as Eric mentioned, having a community, we do have a, a few friends and, and maybe some of their children are older and maybe a few that have kids our age. Talking with them really normalizes things. You know, I'm like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. This house always looks like a daycare. There are toys everywhere, no matter what I do. And they're like, yeah, wait till they get older. It gets better. And, and so, you know, being able to hear these things is very helpful. It kind of makes you feel like, huh. You know, it's not just me. It, this is how it goes, and it helps you to accept your situation. So, yeah, that, that's what I think. Yeah, I think that's great. Okay, so we talked about community and kind of sharing with other folks in your community. Can we talk a little bit about communicating and expectations in the workplace? You know, Eric, as a manager, kind of, you know, what do you do to kind of help your team members that are, trying to figure out this work-life balance. And, you know, Jillian, for you as a new team member, what are you kind of figuring out that you need to communicate with your team, with your leadership, you know, to make sure that you have that kind of work-life integration balance, if you will. Eric, I'll go to you first. Sure. Thanks, Julie. You know, that's definitely a struggle right now. So this is, 
in, in, in all my years in this business, this is probably the, the busiest that I can ever remember being and seeing everyone. You know, we've got labor shortages, uh, lots of work going on. Uh, we're striving to be the best in every market that we serve. Um, and and it, it's putting a lot of strain on our folks. And so um, my my team, as I talked to them, one, one of the biggest things, um, and I, I think sometimes it falls on deaf ears a little bit, but what I tell them is don't be afraid to say no. There are some times when it, it, it's okay to say no. It's okay to, it's okay to put things in their place and prioritize. Um, and some, sometimes the, our personal priorities need to come ahead of what we're doing for work. And that's, we just need to, um, it's about communicating expectations, making sure that we're talking to our clients, that we're, we're saying that this is when I can get this report to you. This is when we're, our, our drill rigs are going to be on site. Um, you know, in, 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 you know, being okay that it's the best we can do and knowing that sometimes you've got to, Cut it out and you've got to go home and you've got to, you know, beat your kids gymnastics practice or be home for dinner or, or just, or just unplug. So not, not being afraid to, to say no and to, uh, just communicate what the schedule is going to be regardless of whether or not it's necessarily the answer that people want to hear. Yeah. It's great. And then Jillian, how are you? Um, I, I think a lot of what Eric says resonates with me also, kind of just setting a clear expectation of, of what I can give and, and what I can't and kind of roping a team member in to help out is is really helpful. And as you said, the marketing team is really awesome, very, very supportive. Um, recently, I was working on something with a, a marketing team member, and I said something like, you know, well, after I, I put the girls down and, and – you know, I'll hop back on and I'll take care of it. And she was like, well, why? I can take care of it. Um, and it was about 1130 that night when I finally got back to be able to get some work down. I actually, the girls actually put me down. So then I woke up like, oh, no, I have to run. I have to check my computer. And she'd already taken care of it. And it was such a great feeling um, to be a part of a, a caring team, an understanding team. Um, so for me, just being very clear and honest on, on what I need, you know, if I'm going to come in late, if there's an appointment, if I can't get to something, um, it's very, very, very helpful for me and for whoever's supporting me, you know, and that way we can actually get things done and maybe divvy up the work in a way that works for everyone. So, so Jillian, I've got a, a follow up uh, to some of your comments earlier. You know, talking about uh, work-life balance, uh, accepting help from family, uh, from friends, from coworkers, uh, you know, trying to get things done. <clears throat> and, you know, I'll ask it in the context of uh, I'm a I'm a parent of adult children. Uh, my daughter has uh, two young kids, a two-year-old, a seven-year-old. Um, they're 10 hours away, so it's not like they're right down the street or right around the corner. Um, but we, uh, Karen and I, uh, try to get down there and help as much as possible. And in fact, we just flew in last night from South Florida, helping them out again this weekend. So, you know, so it gives us, uh, an opportunity to spend time with the grandkids, but also, uh, you know, to let them have time together. So, um, you know, if, if you have uh, anything that you want to share with our folks about, you know, what it's like getting the support, you know, for me, it's about not only taking care of the kids, but I, but I got to make sure that my daughter and son-in-law are nurturing their relationship as well, too, and uh, making sure they're spending some quality time together because I remember how stressful it was. So, you know, any any recommendations or encouragement for our listeners? Um, yeah, you know, at first like, we would feel like if we were getting support, it had to just be 
for us to get something done, you know, to go get the groceries. Um, we can clean up a lot quicker when they're not home than when they're home. Um, and eventually it started being like, hey, well, you know, why don't we have a date night? Or, you know, why don't we go out to eat? And with two young children, you should see us. When it is dinner time, we have to eat really quickly, right? We're almost not <laughs> chewing because something's going to happen and we can't. When we finally had a, a time, a date to go out and kind of just eat slowly and enjoy a glass of wine, that felt really good. And that was so refreshing. And it kind of like helped us recharge, right? So then now when we pick them up and we spend the next week or two kind of shoving our dinners down the throat so that we can be ready to tackle the, the next obstacle that comes up. Um, being able to take breaks are, are really, really nice. Um, I think additionally, um, especially for us women, um, you know, men too, but, you know, we like to look nice and, and pamper ourselves. And I would have a big guilt factor on like maybe going to get my hair cut or, or going to, you know, get my nails done or things like that. <laughs> But it's actually something that my husband really enjoys, you know, so so being able to keep up with that um, for myself and for him is very important. You know, we can lose ourselves with so much of, of being parents and working and you got to hold on to that as as hard as it is. It's very, very important um, because as my in-laws would say, they're going to grow up one day, you know, and they're going to leave and they're going to start their own lives. And you have to be able to have held on to something that makes you you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, great answer. What about you? You got anything for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing there is it's hard to find time. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be you have to be intentional about uh, you know finding that time to to kind of recharge your batteries, uh, particularly with uh, you know in a relationship. You know, we uh, it's hard to find date nights. You know, even though we have family here now, we just find ourselves getting caught up and busy with either work or kid schedules or, you know, just other obligations that we've got. Um, so we're, it was one of the things that Crystal and I have found has been successful for us is trying to do just quick lunch dates. I can, there's a, there's a spot just down the, uh, I can, I can walk through the greenway at the office here to a couple places in the uh, little shopping complex behind us. And like, I'll, I'll walk over there and Crystal will come meet me for lunch. She'll let me know if she's going to be in cool Springs. And if, uh, if I don't have uh, something that's conflicting with that sometimes it's just a quick 30 minute lunch date and we sit down and we eat and then we go our separate ways but that's enough to recharge our batteries let us kind of catch up on the day uh kind of talk through schedules um make sure that we're we're, we're connecting with one another and um you know it, that that helps me kind of recharge my batteries and get back into the to the rest of the day the rest of the week so we do that where we can and sometimes it's uh, less frequent than i'd like but that helps a lot those are from both of y'all. Those are great words of wisdom, and it uh, I think think what it does it reinforces uh, the importance of taking care of your relationship with uh, your significant other. Um, because if that's good, then the kids see that as well too, and so that goes a long way to making the whole work life balance, the family unit, all that stuff work better. Uh, but but I love the comment, Jillian, about dinner time and <laughs> shoveling the food as fast as you can because she knows some crisis is coming up. <laughs> so you got to be prepared. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll uh, we'll fire it to to, to Eric. Uh, any final words of wisdom or encouragement you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yeah, it's easier said than done. But I think the big thing is to put put things in perspective. We, we are always going to have uh, crises that come up, things that are going to be difficult. Um, 
we're, we're going to have challenges and we're going to have anxiety and we're going to have difficulties through our personal lives, through work life. Certainly we're, we're in the consulting business. And so, uh, that comes with a rapid, rapid fire response requirement. We're, we're constantly on our toes and ready to make a move quick. And so that just, that comes with a lot of anxiety. The big, big encouragement is this, that, you know, that this too shall pass. It'll, you know, just make sure that we, we put things in, in perspective. Uh, realize that, uh, you know, the, the struggles of today are not necessarily going to be the same struggles that we've got tomorrow. Um, don't allow anxiety to, to control your life. It's something that, that you are in control of how you respond to stress in your life. And so just put things in the box and, um, roll with the punches. And so that's, I try to do that. Some days are better than others, but I think more often than not, I'm able to lay down at night and sleep well and know that the problems will be there or not in the morning and I'll deal with them then. Awesome. How about you, Jillian? I think for me, it's take it day by day. Sometimes I think if we think too far ahead and then we start kind of thinking about everything that's involved and, you know, even if it's planning a small vacation or, or whatever have you, just kind of going day by day is, is really helpful. Um, kind of having those um, many tasks as opposed to one long running list of everything that has to get done. Um, on Fridays, I create these long, ambitious to-do lists for the weekend. And if I don't get them all done by Sunday evening, I'm kind of beating myself up. And so being grateful for what I have been able to accomplish is um, is another uh, another thing I'd, I'd kind of recommend. Um, and just in general, being grateful, I, I kind of, as Eric said, um, you know, it's going to be there in the morning and, and to stress out about it or, or to maybe beat yourself up. It, it doesn't really help out. And um, sometimes if you just look at, um, you know, maybe what other people could be going through all over the world, you kind of just want to be grateful for what we have, you know, beautiful families, and great careers, wonderful companies that we work for. Um, just being grateful for it, I think, can kind of change your whole mentality and just kind of let you breathe a bit. Um, I, I think that's what works for me, and I'd recommend that. Yeah, <clears throat> great words of wisdom. That's awesome. Uh, Julie. Uh, you want to take the final question, fire, fire it out to uh, yeah. to Eric and Jillian? Sure. All right. Okay. So because the show is called Coffee Talk, our final question is what fills your cup or what brings you joy? So, Jillian, I'll start with you. What, what fills your cup? Really, what fills my cup, what brings me joy is the sound of my daughter's laughter. Um, my six-month-old has just started laughing, and it's really just, like, such a beautiful sound. It makes everything worth it. Um, and kind of being able to goof around with Sasha, uh, my two-year-old, that, that really fills my cup. Um, spending some time with my husband and even my me time, right? So whether that's on the phone with my girlfriends or, or getting out with some girlfriends that I have here, um, having some time alone with him, that's how I fill my cup. Love that. All right, Eric. Same question. What fills your cup? <laughs> um, I don't know that I have a clean answer for this one. I, I've got. I, um, I just. I have. I, I love my life. I love. I love my work. I love my family. Um, you know, I, I, lo- I love a lot of the things that that you know. I'm, I'm happy with the life that I've got. Um, you know, one of the things I was I was trying to think through, like, all right, where, where are times when I feel, you know, re- real joy and, and excitement. Um, and the first thing that was popping into my head was uh, be, being at the top of uh, uh, Powder Mountain out in Utah 
with my kids after on a on a day where we, we were skiing with them. Um, this is uh, earlier this year. I guess that was two years ago now. Um, and just being shoulder to shoulder with them and seeing the joy on their face and how excited they were to be doing something really cool with mom and dad. Um, you know, and, and to, to to be up there and and seeing the just ha- having them be excited to be with us doing something that brings all of us to joy collectively as a family. Um, and I think that's kind of one of my, one of my happiest moments, just, uh, you know, realizing that the kids are getting older, that they're, uh, that they're, they're loving the things that we love. Um, and just, I don't know, I remember that was a happy, happy moment for me. Um, so want many more of those, but just family time fills my cup. All right. Excellent. So, uh, We'll, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, you know, I want to thank both of y'all for taking time out of your busy schedules. I know y'all have a lot of stuff going on. Um, and, you know, talking today about, you know, work-life balance, taking care of families, work, things like that, y'all make it look easy. You really do. Uh, I know that, yeah, you might be shaking your head or that, not me, but, but everybody's got stuff going on. Everybody's got stuff they're dealing with. And, and y'all do an excellent job of balancing it, taking care of it, getting through it. And really the way that you demonstrated that today is how both of y'all, uh, talked about gratitude and how important gratitude is in your life and that you, you understand that, um, you're going to have challenges along the way, but you've got an extended family. Uh, You've got a support group, uh, and you're going to do the best you can with what you got at the time and get it done. So, um, you know, kudos to both of y'all for being a great example of what it's like to be not only a committed employee, but committed to your families as well, too. So thanks for taking time out today. Thank you for listening to Coffee Talk from the ground up. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have an idea on future topics, guests, or up for a round of call, you can call me, text me, email me, just just get in touch with me. And I'll get it to Julie and uh, we'll get it set up. And for those of you that don't want to play golf and you may hate talking on the phone, that's okay. You can send us an email at ecsmarketing at ecslimited.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Thanks, Julie. Here's to having a great day.